Hello, and welcome to the No Good Poetry Podcast. Each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of poetry. This is episode 98 with... Joseph Makos and... Joseph Bievenet. This is the good, bad, and the ugly, isn't it? Some ugly shit out there, kids. Let's make the world safer for poetry. Oh, well, <laughs> that was a post-Mardi Gras yawn. Oh, oh, I'm just waking up from Carl, everybody. <laughs> Joseph actually decided to just, because I wouldn't agree to host the podcast this week, he, uh, he actually decided to come over and set up the entire recording situation in my bedroom. So I'm just laying in bed nursing this incredible seven-day hangover after carnival. I don't know why I'm even hungover, because I didn't even drink anything at all. I just think... That's quite, it's just, quite a feat. It's, it's really nice to have your co-host bring all your uh, <laughs> all the recording gear and make you breakfast in bed. So and nice. Coffee and Probably coffee. Coffee in bed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be recording this entire episode from the incline, reclined position in my bed. It won't be the first time I was laying down. Actually, I think I fell asleep during an episode <laughs> a few episodes back. <laughs> Uh, I think you actually have done that on a multiple few occasions. occasions. Nodding off during an episode recording. <laughs> Shouldn't re- reveal too much. Well, Get too much behind the veil. Well, when I slip into this mode, you know, I like to, I like to kind of like fall back into my 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 previous <laughs> lives, and I just kind of get into that automatic writing phase where I can invoke my my previous uh, personas and pr- pr- previous lives. And then I can come up with really creative poems that I can write from their perspectives. So how about yeah, we spend yeah. today writing? How about we spend today's episode talking about persona? Yeah, so we're gonna do that. <laughs> talk, talk about persona. Um, maybe a couple things real right up right up front before we get too much into the discussion, though. So we've got some some good guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. We do actually. But we've this got- is uh, episode ninety eight, and we also have a hundred episode, episode hundred coming up. So Woo! look out for that. We're not too sure what we're doing yet but we're gonna try to do something a little special might have a little party might have a little bit of party maybe Ooh. uh but certainly maybe have some a reappearance of some past guests that'd be nice some of them uh look back a little bit so look out for that but yeah today um and we have a we have a we have a we're not gonna spoil it but we have a, we have a nice series of about four or five guests coming up after this episode yeah yeah and it's gonna Which be really good. really good to kind of like round this corner as we head toward poetry fest yeah, it is getting really close, isn't it? It's March. Dude, it's like six weeks I don't away. even want to think about how Pushy close Festival that is. is six weeks We've got away. a lot to do. <laughs> we have a considerable amount of work to do before Poetry Fest, um, absolutely. So I think the first time I was uh, introduced to the idea of Persona, um, and I want to remember a couple things. I actually remember Bill Lavender guiding me in this really particular direction because you know, we were reading a can. We were sort of reading the canon. You know, we're like in poetry one, poetry two, grad school, and you're reading. Uh-huh. Like, you know, even 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 you know, even Bill in his class or like a few other teachers. You know, less Bill than most people, but the other to the other teachers, you know, you're really stuck in this canon. And and I think I was looking for in other stuff outside of the the, the main you know academic canon. And Bill actually turned me on to the Gypsy Ballads by Lorca. Yeah, and that's where I would. 
think that almost is canon now, but no, 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 <laughs> it, no, it has become now. It has become now. But, but yeah, at nice, the time, maybe, it's a yeah, persona yeah. piece. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I like those. And I those think, are good. I think they're you know they're a nice introduction, so to speak. How many? Because he's got a bunch of those poems with the with the gypsy poems, huh? Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole. It's like a series. Yeah. I think there's a book. I think there's a book called The Gypsy Ballads. But um, let me we can look that up in a second. But I think around that too, there's also you know uh, Personae by Ezra Pound, mm-hmm. and he goes into that. That whole book is written out of this idea that the the voice of the poet isn't always the okay. Voice so of the poet. so I guess we need to say like, what do we Should we define persona here? Yeah, I mean, listeners? I know I know people probably kind of know. Because but, a, because a poet's voice can be their own persona, but then a poet can be writing in a persona. Well, I think they're related, right? And I mean, I I hope we get into that a little bit, right? But a persona is essentially like your mask. Like yeah. We're kind of going back to like the ancient Greek idea of drama, right? The idea that you're putting on a mask and you're. This is a great post Mardi Gras episode, actually, because there's yeah. an evocation that happens when you're masking during carnival, where you enter the you enter a different mind. Yeah. Where you enter a different, where you become somebody, where you become something else for a day. Yeah, well, and that happens almost like, I mean, that's like a almost a psychological thing. Putting on a mask, like, does that automatically, even if you're not trying to. Absolutely. But I think that's what's interesting. I mean, I think normally when we talk about persona poems, we're talking about ones where people are more actively putting on the voice, the outer mask of someone fairly different from them right yes somebody somebody perhaps the historic long dead a character a historical figure uh you know perhaps it's not perhaps it's something something very uh i don't want to say passe but perhaps it's something very just like real simple maybe it's just like a person or a trash man or a per or a mailman or, or something that's more Could be, of, yeah. Just more of like a figure. Like, okay, this is yeah. from the persona of the guy in the park or the playing chess. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, to get into the mind of another human and then writing from that perspective. Or, and it doesn't necessarily, like I said, have to be a particular figure. Like, I'm not, you know. Could be. But writing from be, the yeah. perspective of Julius Caesar or writing from the perspective well, of. And, and that was a very. I mean, in classical, neoclassical. Well, yeah, but in uh, in in classical education, like in the ancient world, and then continuing into the, I mean, I mean, the Renaissance picked up on it and everything. You used to be trained in rhetoric, right? That's something you would have to do: is write a speech in the voice of a historical character in a particular situation, right? And in fact, and then I mean, some people would do that in poetry too. Like if you think of. Um, the Heroides, all of those are, are written in the persona of different mythological characters and different personas, right? Is that, who is that? Ovid? That's Ovid, yeah. I was say, um, it, it reminded me of the Metamorphosis. For some reason, there's some things in there. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess in the Metamorphosis, he's doing that in a different way. That's in a longer form work, right? But inside of the story, he is entering into people's voices. But the Heroides are shorter poems, and they're all first-person written in the voice of different mythological and historical characters. Yeah. And that's like an exercise. It's an exercise, but it's more, I, I don't know, it's more than that when he does that, I think, when, 
I think it's it's like um, you know what 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 because we look at it now as this sort of it's not an epic, but it, we sort of look at it now as this like tapestry of a work. But really, what is he doing? Is he kind of like creating like a who's who encyclopedia of 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 these figures? Well, in some ways, but I, I mean, I also think it's it's fun, right? Because that's a fun thing to do. Because when you're when you're dealing with something that's really culturally well known like that, right? Because you're getting to be playful. Like, how can you express the idea of this person with the things that we know about them, but not you know, but but work it into this form that you've developed, or work it into this. You know, that's not an it's it's a a thing that's kind of difficult in some ways, and that's part of the fun of it is like having to be clever enough to figure out how to make that work, right? Mm-hmm. And still be artful at the same time and be you know, yeah. I mean, you really have to do a meditative thing, uh, uh, really. I think where you, well, when you're writing around from someone's perspective, I don't know. That's like what a challenging thing. That's like you're writing from someone's perspective, like where you have to take on almost. You know, the real good writers who do this, you know, really, really get into the vocabulary, even, you know, down to the nuance of they what's can. being it just said. Depends. What's yeah, being, there's lots of ways of doing you know. it. Yeah. And then, and then there's other ways to do it where, you know, where, where I think maybe within the more modern sense, people like John Berryman and James Tate are doing it in an even different way, but they're doing it in the same way. But I think but, the I mean, you can use that to people play that they for- take. I mean, yeah. The characters they take on are different. They're more contemporary. And it can be for humor sometimes, too, and that's fine. That disconnect. But, yeah. All right, what are you looking up here? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna actually pull up some poems so that when we when we get to a point, we can read something. Okay, well, gonna, I mean, I think we can read something, actually, if you got some. I do, yeah. yeah. I have I have um, a couple of pieces here. Uh, um, Ezra Pound. I guess I could... I guess I could do... Um, Persona. Let's see here. I think I have the Persona PDF of um of Persona pulled up here. Um, a Google Book version. Let's see. And Project Gutenberg. Persona of Ezra Pound. This is a very funny dedication in this book. I remember this from our class. Um, he dedicates it and says, uh, "For Mary Moore of Trenton, if she wants it." If she wants it, like, <laughs> dedicate the book to her. And she's like, well, actually, no. Masks. Masks by Ezra Pound. The tale of old disguisings, are they not? Strange myths of souls that found themselves among unwanted folks that spake a hostile tongue, some foul from all the rest who'd not forgot the star-span acres of a former lot where boundless mind and clouds his counsel he swing or carnate with his elder brother's sung air ballad makers lisps of Camelot old singers half forgetful of their tunes old painters colorblind come back once more old poets skillless in the wind heart ruins old wizards lacking in their wonder lore all that with strange sadness in their eyes ponder in silence over earth's quaint device 
like a kind of evocation of this idea. It's actually kind of like a, a it's it's kind of like a little ars poetica almost, or like a a meta poem of like what we're talking about right now. Yeah, you know, he's sort of talking about these these uh, evoking this sort of voice of yesteryear, you know, of the, of, of these of these uh, figures that are of the past, and and how can we bring them sort of back to life, you know? But it is called masked masks, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this sort of like these disguises and the um, uh, the 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 persona that these people have taken on, or like, or who were, you know. Really, this asks me when this poem makes me think, like, okay, who really were these people, and then who are the personas? You know, we get this a lot. I think. I mean, if you really want to get into a, a very particular thing about persona and i know we're going it's like this is a little bit off the reservation a little bit but even facebook i mean not only even facebook facebook in a certain way is well i mean yes and no i think we need to get into that but but yes and no but, but people use it as that some people do i think people do use it as that but i think even a lot of the people who are using using it as that are not particularly conscious of the fact that they're using I think you're it that right. Way. I think you're right. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. So, yeah, so you're saying the intention is not there, per se. But it's maybe... I mean, it is to some extent, or I don't know, you think of something like, probably fa- Facebook is a bad example. You think of something like YouTube or something, where people who are trying to actually, or or even like, or even like Instagram or something, where people are trying to build a following. Those people are, I think, a little conscious of it, because they think about how they're presenting themselves... Yeah, I don't know. I still wonder. I think the consciousness stays on a certain low level because they feel like they're still presenting some version of themselves rather than it being a true mask. Persona, per se. I mean, some, that, some do. that is some a do. persona, some do. but some do. Some do. that is still kind of a persona, right? If some, it's a version of yourself. but Some do, though. Some people do have a full-on mask on Facebook. Some people do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But it, it's a, it, but it is rare. a smaller number. That's no, no, rare, it's, like, it's probably yeah. like one out of 20, one out of 30. Yeah. I'm even saying down to like the name that someone takes that you know is not their real name if they take this name on Facebook to pr- pr- present like another face of themselves. Yes, but sometimes that's done, again, in a not-so-conscious way. They're doing it because it's a joke or whatever or something that someone knows them all as a stupid nickname or, 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 or sometimes it's a protective thing where they don't yeah. even just want people to have access to them. That's a lot of times what it is. is sure. They don't feel to be able to find them so easily or yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, just, you know, this is like, a, a, it, it, it is being used as a mask though. You know, that's why I, yeah. I, I call it face mask. It's like sometimes, you know, it's like this idea, but okay. But moving on from the social media aspect of it, <laughs> Well, it's just a contemporary example of how it's being used, I think, in, in today's... All right, well, you're getting there earlier than I want, want, okay, sorry. wanted to. You want to go back, you want to go back. No, no, that's fine, but, but I mean, that's one of the things that I find interesting about Persona, and I can't help but notice a pattern that I think people write a lot less Persona poems now than they used to. I think it's harder to find examples of them. They still exist, and there are certainly people that still do it, right? Um... But I think there's less examples, right? So maybe we do want to look at some more modern, modern-ish. These are not modern, modern. Well, look, I found this really cool, and this was kind of done for a purpose, and I think you see people do this often. This Adrian Rich poem 
um, planetarium. And she was writing in the voice of, well, I think in the beginning it's in third person, but like later in the poem it's going to be in the voice of this astronomer, Caroline Herschel, who was the sister of the astronomer William Herschel, but was kind of, he was more famous than her, and she didn't really get acknowledged that much for her work in astronomy okay. in her life. Planetarium. Oh, and she's got a little... um Epigraph at the beginning. Thinking of Caroline Herschel, 1750 to 1848, astronomer, sister of William and others. <laughs> a woman in the shape of a monster, a monster in the shape of a woman, the skies are full of them. A woman in the snow among the clocks and instruments or measuring the ground with poles in her 98 years to discover eight comets, she whom the moon ruled like us, levitating into the night sky, Riding the polished lens, galaxies of women there doing penance for impetuousness, ribs chilled in those spaces of the mind, an eye virile, precise, and absolutely certain, from the mad webs of Uranusborg, encountering the nova, every impulse of light exploding from the core as life flies out of us, Tycho whispering at last, let me not seem to have lived in vain, what we see, we see, and seeing is changing, the light that shrivels a mountain and leaves a man alive, heartbeat of the pulsar, heart sweating through my body, the radio impulse pouring in from Taurus. I am bombarded, yet I stand. I have been standing all my life in the direct path of a battery of signals, the most accurately transmitted, most untranslatable language in the universe. I am a galactic cloud so deep, so involuted, that a light would take 15 years to travel through me. And has taken. I am an instrument in the shape of a woman trying to translate pulsations into images for the relief of the body and the reconstruction of the mind. And that's an interesting example, I think. I mean, it's a great, great poem. But it's, but I mean, I think something else that happens, right, is you take on one aspect of that person as you're trying to do that, right? And not, yeah, something that you attach to, maybe. Yeah. Something that you attach to that you're not, I don't know. Something that, there's still a little bit of poet left in the persona piece, you know, almost. Well, there almost always is, right? There's going to be. I mean, you're still writing a poem. <laughs> you're still the one writing the poem. Uh, yeah. How do you, how do you totally remove yourself with the persona? It's almost impossible, I guess. Well, I think some people try more to do that. I don't know that she was trying to remove herself as much there. And some people do. Yeah, not not really. Not but anymore. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of it's more of like a game to accomplish an effect, right? Yeah. So you mentioned this, that James Tate motorcyclist, which is a very different kind of persona poem. But I think, again, not trying to erase himself from the poem. In fact, I think part of the humor of the poem is knowing that it's being written by this male poet who's kind of goofy. Who's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's James Tate though. That's he goes into that. <laughs> Do you want to read that one? Yeah, first? I like that. That's like the best. I think that's like one of the best ones here. The motorcyclists. My cuticles are a mess. 
Oh, honey, by the way, did you like my new negligee? It's a replica of one Kim Novak wore in some movie or, uh, or other. I wish I had a foot-long chili dog right now. Do you like fireworks? I mean, not just the 4th of July, but fireworks, anytime. There are people like that, you know. They're like people who like orchestra music, listen to it any time of, of day. Lopsided people, that's what my father calls them. Me, I'm easy to please. I like ping, gong, and bobcats, shatterproof drinking glasses, and the smell of kerosene, the crunch of carrots. I like caterpillars and whirlpools too. What I hate most is being the first one of the scene of a bad accident. Do I, do I like garlic? Are we still in Kansas? I once had a chiropractor make a pass at me. Did I ever tell you that? He said that your spine is, ha is happiest when you're snuggling. Sound kind, sounds kind of sweet now when I tell you, but he was a creep. Do you know that I never understood what they meant by grassy knoll? It sounds so idyllic. A place to go to dream your life away, not kill somebody. They should have called it something like the grudging notch, but I guess that's life. What is it they always say? It's always the sweetest ones that break your heart. You get hungry yet, hon? I am. When I was seven, I sat in our field and ate an entire eggplant right off the vine. Dad loves to tell that story, but I still can't eat eggplant, he says. I'll be the first woman president. It'd be a waste since I talk so much. Which do you think the fixtures are in the bathroom at the White House, gold or brass? It'd be okay with me if they were just brass. Honey, can we stop soon? I really hate to say it, but I need a ladies' room. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's like I can almost see James Tate. Like, I, I this is this is what I vision. This is what in my mind when I read that poem, and I and I, I hear I hear what he's trying to do, or I hear what's coming through the voice more so, not what he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. I just see like James Tate like in a truck stop. Like sitting at a booth, like overhearing some people talk. Maybe a little bit, like motor. Like imagine those, you know, those like touring motorcycle people. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and like they're stopped at a rest stop or something, and Jane, and and the poet's just sitting there at like a uh, at like a booth, and he's just like overhearing this lady like talk this random sort of. You know what I mean? And he's just sitting there overhearing what I mean, but yeah, that's, whether that's it's actual overheard or not, I mean that's a very different kind of thing, right? It's not trying to well, be. You still have to write it. It's still he's not. Tr it's not trying to be a believable persona necessarily. Not really. And a lot of what it's doing is making fun of the culture. Right? Definitely. Um, in multiple ways at once, and in that way, it's a really clever poem, right? Because it's in that sense, it's almost like confusing when you start thinking about it because you've got. <laughs> <laughs> a man writing in the voice of this woman and there's things that are kind of just the normal sexist things of society in there but you know it's the poet trying to make fun of those conventions at the same time right you get this kind of weird multi-layered effect happening with those things right definitely he, well there's a conversation going on yeah there's a back and forth going on and where is he? You know what's interesting about this piece is that he obscures the poet. The, the poet becomes obscured in the writing of the piece. 
In a way, I mean, yeah. Well, what do you mean? How is the poet? Do you find the poet to be obscure? I mean, I mean, there's nothing. The poet's writing the piece, but that gets obscured in the telling of the reading of the poem because you're you actually he's taking you into something really private. Well, I guess, except that I think... I but mean, it's really humdrum. Some of it is... No, but some of it's, like, really, like... I mean, I don't think anyone would say... Like, some of that is, like, pretty obviously, to me, the poet making up something that he thinks would be funny and would make fun of the culture. Like, the, ne- the negligee making- being a, a replica of one Kim Novak war. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know that that ever... I mean, people do buy weird replicas of things, but I don't think there's replica negligees. That's more, like, observing... The weird culture of the stuff they used to sell on late night television and stuff that are like replicas of things, but not negligees, like transposing it into something that's funnier because it's a negligee, right? Or whatever, right? Like that's not something someone would actually say, but it's similar enough to what someone like that would actually say. Yeah, yeah. But it's like in an alternate universe or something. Definitely. Um, Yeah, it's pushing an idea, but pushing it really far. It's good. It's good, but it's a very different thing. As far as persona, you know, a little different than what we've been talking about. No, it's just know. more It's more yeah. slice of life. You find that to be slice of life? I mean, some elements, yeah, I guess. I just think it's like the topic he took on, like the motorcyclists. That to me is just like, these people could be anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's almost like the poem's making fun of them. Totally. So that's why I don't find it to be slice of, slice of life, right? Yeah. But, but I don't know. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's a good poem. Um, a lot of it, and like, there's things in it that's like something someone would never say, but the poet would think someone like that would think, right? Like, what I hate most is being the first one at the scene of a bad accident. Like, no one would ever. Nah actually say that but you might look at this these people having this conversation and think that's the kind of people they are right so there's some like tricky things going on i mean that would actually be you could sit there and really analyze that poem there's a lot of complicated things happening there there are but but persona all right let me ask you a question i mean i don't know how much how much you know like i don't i don't have a subscription to any magazines anymore or whatever but i still read things online and whatnot, online magazines and whatnot. How often do you think you run into people writing in persona nowadays? I don't see it. It's pretty rare. I, unless they're, unless they're, well, unless it's like, unless it's like some super subdued thing that is going on that like maybe people are evoking, but they're doing it like in a brand new, fresh, different way. You know what I mean? Yeah, that could be. But is it like a persona of themselves, you know? Because that might be a little bit of it too, or like it's, it's them. Well, I think... Everyone is all, like, that's the thing that I'm maybe getting at is, I think that there's this idea right now in poetry that a poem should be some, I mean, that's not universal, but I think there's a lot of people who believe a poem should be some expression of who the poet is. Like, the identity of the voice of the poet. Yeah, well, it's something, like, tied into this, like, idea, this somewhat mistaken idea of authenticity that I think people have right now. Um, that, it, that a poem's not worth reading if it's not 
authentically of someone in some way, as if you could ever tell that from the outside. Well, that has so much to do with performance and the person themselves and all these other little details. Well, I know, but I mean, I think that's the part that's disconcerting to me and why we're missing persona. I mean, not that I, not that I want everything to be in in a really obvious persona poem, but I do think it's important for poets to know that they're always wearing a mask, right? If they're always wearing the mask. So if they're always wearing the mask. No, but you are always wearing a mask, right? You cannot... The mask of the poet? Yeah, but I mean, that's the nature of what you're doing, right? But poets have gotten to this point, not all of them, but I think a lot of poets have fooled themselves into thinking poetry is something different than theater. Like, every actor realizes they're putting on a mask, even if they're trying to put part of themselves into that performance, too. But I think there's a lot of poets that feel like they're trying to not have any mask at all. But then you're not even doing poetry anymore. And it would be impossible to do that anyway. What are you doing then? Yeah, how could you? Drama? But you can't. It's just impossible. That's impossible to do. No, drama, you can't do that either. That's impossible. You cannot. It's all persona and drama. It's all persona, right? So I think it's good to be conscious of that, and I think that's why it's nice to write things in persona to, on a more extreme end, know what that's like and recognize that even when you're writing things about yourself, you're still writing in a persona. Right? You're a- Absolutely. Do you think that's not true? Don't you, don't you talk to, especially... People a little younger than us, but even a lot of people are. So you talk to a lot of people who feel like poetry is supposed to be. I hear a lot of things of people talking about poetry as like authentic expression or something like that. Yeah. Which and not not to say that poetry can't be expression. It can. But I think the authentic part is a little bit troubling because it seems to like have a not. It seems to lack a consciousness of what is going on when poetry is being written. That there is this persona aspect, even if you're using yourself as part of that persona. But that, but people do that all the time, though. But in little bits and pieces, though. It's not always like, oh, I'm a full, I'm, I'm this person, I'm this, you know what I mean? Exactly. Well, I know people do it, but I, but I think... Do you think even do you think it's the same thing as the Facebook thing though? I know people do it, but people think that they're not doing it a lot of the time. Oh, they're they're absolutely doing it. They're they're falling into the trap. People even when people are just posting like the same shit again and again and again and again and again. It's not persona, but it's almost like the lowest form. Well, but it is though, right? Because they're selecting what they're putting out into the world, right? And that's a persona, right? They're cre- they're crafting, whether consciously or unconsciously, a, a specific version of yourself, and that's what poets do as well, right? Whether you want to or not. You do it against your people, yeah. You're 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 crafting some version of of yourself as that speaker, 
even or, or in the way that you're performing it, even if you're getting into the performative well, aspect it, it of it, could, it, it could be like a per, it could be like it could be like a, a, a form of yourself that's like the struggling self or the hurt self or the or the violent self or the sad self or something, you know? Because that's the thing about poetry in a nutshell. A lot of times is that. People are trying, well, not, I don't know, I'm not trying to do that in poetry, so maybe I should just shut up, shut up at that, but a lot of people are attempting to, you know, get something out, and in order to do that, you have to slip into a voice that's not really you. That's yeah, like, sure. That's like, you know, we have the things we desire and the things that we value, and the things that we value are the things that we do, and the things that we desire are the things that we don't do, but we want to be doing. We talk about that we want to be doing them, but we don't do them like, oh, I want to work out, and I want to get ripped, and I want to do this and that. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> this is a funny example. But then you don't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have friends yeah. that are like this. Yeah. We're like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And then you don't do it because it doesn't work with your character. It doesn't, it doesn't fit, you know? I mean, I just see that in poetry a lot of times where Absolutely, like, where like yeah. people are like, where, 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 where the poetry, the poem and poetry and the venue for reading poetry allows people to fall into a persona of themselves. Yes, but I think it, yeah. Like sure. for example, like even like some past guests we've had on, like the Esoterica people, like there's some persona stuff going on there. Yeah. Uh, well, the, they're the, somewhat consciously doing that, I think. But yeah, and even and, and I know we I know we we haven't talked about Maybe them not in, always, in, a, in a while, but then there was like poetry brothel, and even they were doing it too, like in a certain sense, in a certain way, yeah, in a, in, in a very particular performative, showy kind of way. They all had their personas. Like, yeah. I mean, I know we're slipping out of poetry here, but burlesque dancers. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's definitely persona. But I mean, to, bring it, back, to bring it back to poetry, though, I think the part that I worry about, I'm not worried about that. That's kind of good. Although I do think it's kind of interesting, the people who are overtly doing something theatrical but still feel like their poetry itself just has theatrical trappings around it and there's nothing theatrical inside the poem. It doesn't work. But people <laughs> think that a lot, right? But... But I think people fall into the trap, right? If you think of, like, some of the biggest poets anyone ever thinks of when they think of poetry. I think You think of, like, Sylvia Plath or you think of Rimbaud or something like that. People can't separate the poet from this light, romanticized life they've created of who the poet is. And then they then believe that those poets... They believe when they read Sylvia Plath's poetry... But that's who she is. Oh, no. And they conflate their life with those things, right? Or they read Rimbaud and they, they, they think, oh, he must have been this troubled person all the time because his poetry was, right? Which is bullshit. But the thing is, there's, I think there's a lot of poets who believe that and believe that their poetry is... But that, you know what that is? That's called cult of personality. It is, but and it's... And that's where yeah. persona comes back in, where a character gets elevated. And, and we've... I think Rimbaud, we've talked about this with Rimbaud. It all had to do with somebody's telling... Who was it? Was it like somebody wrote the book about Rimbaud, or, or it was a collection of his work, and then they edited it, and they put, yeah. that, they put that, like, Jakarta... Like, all the, the story that became the, the story of Rimbaud, which is the Rimbaud story. Yeah. But doesn't this happen with historical figures all the time? Where, that he, of course. Where... Yeah, you know we're finding this now in the archive where 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 we find an image of the real Napoleon House, where we find an image of or of of, of things. Yeah, that stories ref- get told that aren't true, that and you're ref- like, oh, okay, the yeah. actual telling of the story. Like, for example, 
the founding of jazz. The idea of the founding of jazz is bullshit. There's no such fucking thing as the founding of jazz. Jazz right, so you, so yeah, but, but you gotta have to explain that to people if okay. you say that. Right? What I mean by that is, so what's the story some, that people usually tell? Well, okay, well here, there's the thing. You got the guy who is, you got the guy who was the lead of the Dixieland Jazz Band. Yeah, yeah. And yes, the Dixieland Jazz Band was the first Dixie was the first jazz band to to make wax to do a, to do a yeah. recording, and they went off and did it, and they were the first ones to do a jazz record, right? But everybody knows that jazz has was going on for yeah, 20 yeah, yeah, years yeah. Uh, and it was ragtime it was an evolution out of ragtime but it never had a name so yeah. the, so the whole idea of the founding of jazz is kind of ridiculous like buddy bold well because stake, things don't flag things the, don't come out of nowhere they like it you develop from one thing to another, to another and you get to a point where you can decide to put some category name on something but it's not like what i'm saying is Nick DeRocca did not found jazz. But, there's no, yeah. there's no thing. Even though that, yeah. they, even though that that family, wa- even though he was the first one to record a jazz record, yeah. The the let's look at the type of music. When we look back at hip hop, now we can only look back at hip hop now and say, hey, Grandmaster Flash, all these DJs, yeah, yeah. all these MCs who are doing this stuff, that is really the nucleus of the beginning. But when they were doing it, they didn't call. They that. didn't call it what and it they was. They didn't know what. They were doing yet. They know what they were doing. No, they yet. thought they were DJs, right? They thought they, thought they, were, they were, yeah. Thought they were MCs. And yeah. They were doing this thing. And then now all those sounds, and it was all about, remember, it's all about that famous break well, yeah, from yeah, the 1950s yeah, yeah, yeah. record. And they Just stole that. Loop the, loop the, loop the breaks. And, and it's the drum breaks. Yeah, yeah, it's the drum yeah, breaks yeah. from the 60s stuff. And they yeah. went back and the they breakdowns, took breakdowns, right? Yeah. And they took those and they moved those and that became hip hop. So it was really an R&B origination. So I'm just using music for example. No, but I think poetry that's a good. Does this too, I right? think that's a good example. Poetry is that too, but even as an individual poet, you have that, right? Like you're not. No one is the same person every day. You change over time, Definitely. right? And hopefully, your poetry changes over time as a result of that, right? Because you're changing, your poetry's changing, and you need to allow your persona to not be set in stone. You need to allow your persona, hopefully you're trying to create a complex persona and not just taking the things that are obviously visible about yourself and playing up to them, to your audience, right? I mean, I think you're going to, you can write better poetry if you're resistant to what people want to do, what audiences want to do is equate you with your work, right? Or find some way to meld those things together and make it into some coherent thing to them, right? But even though you can also, you know, you can also use that to your advantage, right? And that's fine too if you're conscious of it. I think I just worry when people aren't conscious of it at all because then you're not using it to your advantage. You're just blindly doing something that you don't understand. Doing something that... Yeah, that you don't understand or, you know. But I think that there are, I'm just thinking of poets that I know who to fall, who I don't even see fall into it, but that do this without maybe even definitely do it without even knowing it. Yeah, I think a lot of people do it without knowing it. Where they're like, yeah, where they're like in the zone or they're, 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 they're thinking that it's something about them that they're saying, but they're really evoking a persona like they do that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, and I like I think about my own poetry. Like, I was looking back. The and you can do that really not cheaply, but you can do that in a very like introductory way by just shifting your vocabulary. Sure. By just shifting it and not using the same terms that you would normally use, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of that. Well, like, I was looking back through my own, some of my own poetry, and th- well, I was, thinking, I was looking back through Adam Parler, and you know, and I think this is another reason people do this, right? Now I'm far away from this poetry, right? This is poetry that I wrote a long time ago. About 12 years ago, a lot of it, right? 12 to 10 years ago. Um... And, but a lot of it's in first person, right? So people think, no matter how obviously it's something written in a persona sort of way, people want it to be about you, and they want you to explain what it means. What is that about? Right? And I think that's another reason people do this, right? Because they think, They want to make a narrative that makes sense to them. They want to fit you in with that poem, right? They want to, you know, and sometimes you can do that a little bit. I I hate doing that. Because I recognize that it's a it's an act, right? Sometimes you do it because it makes people feel better, right? You get you give them the explanation, right? Yeah. I don't know. Does that make any sense? <laughs> no, of course it makes sense because you can fuck with people that way. You can really mess with people in a way where like I've done this in poetry readings many times where you and I've done this really intentionally many times where I where I open up the reading with like a couple poems to gain the trust of the listeners and they're like, "Wow, he's reading like really heartfelt stuff or like really like really, you know, nice like oh, that's Joseph. That's his voice." Yeah. And then all yeah. of a sudden I'll slip into like some other poem that's really like caustic or really like questioning or really dark or really something and they'll be like, "Ooh, it it has more impact." If you set the set the listener up a little bit, you know, where you bring your heavier stuff out later or like you set the listener up to gain your trust and then you violate the trust by like throwing some other <laughs> well, like, No, but you could really do this in a reading. <laughs> Well, you could really yeah. do, you could yeah, really do could this in good. a reading really effectively, where you like read a couple pieces to really like get the emotional grounding of the of the listeners, and then you can like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know if you know, if you know, what I mean, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's like, um, but yeah, I think it's like yeah, it's part of this playful. larger thing though, right? Like people want to think, want to feel like they understand who people are, even if they don't know them. Even though that's obviously a bunch of bullshit, right? Like, people want to believe that they can, just from the little bit they know about someone in the news, know who they are, right? Or know who, and people do that with all the, man, I was thinking about, like, Andre Breton is a funny example, right? Or any of the surrealists are a pretty funny example, or the Dadaists are a pretty funny example, because they're writing things that are, in many ways, unparsable as how they relate to their life, with some exceptions, right? I'm thinking about, like, the Elise poems with Breton, and we kind of know some of the biographical things with that, like in this this book here. But people still feel like they know who that person is, or they can they still want to read biographies and figure connect to the biographies. And that's part of the problem. Biographies contributed to a lot of this, right? I hate that when I read a biography of a poet, 
and they want to talk about the poems that were written in the period of that person's life and like they're decoding it as an aspect of that poet's life, right? I go, this is what was going on, and and he wrote this poem right then. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that some of those things are re- are real. Some of it is, but you can't really know that. And I think that's a bullshit thing to do. And it's also like bad biography writing if you're doing that, because that's not your job to do that. You want to know about the part. You're, you're not a fucking literary critic. You're a biographer. That's that is tricky. You know. <laughs> like that's not really your job to do that if you want to say okay this is going on right now but you know what i'm talking about where some I, I don't mean like just mentioning it no but but, but like there, sometimes they'll go into pages of aren't there connecting like entire the book, to, but aren't there like entire books that people have done like this where like they go through like an entire thing like pounds persona poems or something and then they they just completely like they just they just completely like take it all or like they go through each god somebody did this for like um Oh yeah, people do that, but and don't we'll, you think that's bullshit? And we'll do like, I, I'm trying to remember now. I, I, th- I this, the, okay, this this definitely was part of either undergraduate studies or graduate studies, where like, where like there's these book, like I don't I don't want to say like footnotes. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking like where there's like these books where like so, where like somebody will go through like an entire poet's work, like chronology, like poem by poem by poem by poem, and be and and be like. You know, people do this for all the time. I mean, poetry, but they do it for like, of course, they do it for like fucking Picasso or like yeah, a, like a famous that, painter. But it's it's bullshit in both regards. Yeah. Think about that for a second, though, because think about it. Even if I could take, I mean, you, the, the amount of information you have on anyone, even if you've done a lot of research on them, is pretty limited, right? Yeah. Like, let's say you know, let's say you die. 30 years from now, what bio- biographical information is going to leave behind? But even someone who knew you well, it, it could be the person you knew best in the world. How much insight would they really have into what things in a poem they read that you wrote or Very, direct references to something in your life? Very little. Right? And then for a biographer who didn't even know the person probably just did a bunch of research maybe they talked to people who knew them you're that's like that's like confirmation bias right you're taking the little things you know about the person and searching through their poem to find references to that or you're pushing it no i think that's exactly what no no no, they're pushing they're pushing it right and then like or like i think of like look isn't that exactly what happened and i mean Talk about someone who took advantage of that shit. I mean, we're leaving poetry for a second. You know, David Bowie purposely released that last album. He knew he was dying, and he released it at that time. How many bullshit articles did you read where people were looking through the lyrics of the album, trying to find references or clues he was giving to the fact that he knew he was dying in the fucking... And it's like, you could... you If I told you that... He, if I could give you the lyrics to an album he wrote 30 years ago and tell you, if you didn't know, and say, go through this and find references to death in it, you're going to find a bunch of them. You know, like, but <laughs> that's because you're looking for it. Totally. Right? Like, that doesn't mean that that was intentional in any sort of way. Agreed. And it's also like, if you're doing that, you're not really reading the text anymore. 
Yeah. It's lazy. It's lazy, lazy criticism, right? It's just like it's lazy. It's just like you're just finding something. But I you can search for anything and find it. Yeah. In most poetry, right? Like I could you could pick almost anything at random and find let's find examples of this in this person's work. But that would be more honest, at least. You're saying I I just chose this at random, where you're trying to pretend that there's some real connection to their life in some way. I don't know. Persona. Do you have another do you have another persona poem for us? Another persona poem for us. I don't know. I don't know that I have another persona poem for us. But I was also maybe like thinking about people who are anti-persona in some way. Since we're talking about persona. Like who? Well, I mean, I think it's funny. Or like, are people who take advantage of that. All right, so I was talking about Breton. Maybe we should read one of these Breton poems. Well, let's, let, this will be, be a trick here. Not really a trick, unless you already know this. Not okay. Okay, so this is, this is from a really nice book, and I'll explain it afterwards, because I'm going to not explain the biographical part about it, because I think it affects how you read it if you do. It's from this great little book called My Heart Through Which Her Heart Is Passed. It's you, it is not us. It's you, it's not us, it's the fire that doesn't fear the wind, the kind that sweeps quicker than wind over the countryside. A young girl shakes her black hair in sleep and watches us pass and watches you pass. It's you, it is not us, the genius of the well lowers his magic blue hoop onto your path. It's no longer you, it is you, it is not us, there are doors for every precipice. Even for the ones we fall over and all the way down, there are birds, birds that live only there, whose wings form an X more vibrant than any other. Where are you going? The address is guiding you. I see her fine nude legs. There are no precipices for you, no fleeting oaths that glide over resplendent waters. You are the light winding about the necks of trees, the light that escapes no one and that twists around the grindstone no one sees. Here is the sea. Here are the races and rosaches. You love the eternal armor of snows on the sea, the wet coops whipped by the red algae of long avenues. Here are the uniforms with their beautiful aguilettes. It is there. Do you want to see the cross that never rises above sea level? Do you want forests of mirrors furrowed with black lightning that hides behind the northern dawns? Do you attend the intimate coronations of queens with no subjects? Or else do you come from the serene pallor of mortal things like me, questioning you and seeking your arms like flame through a grill? What grill? The grill of time. What time? The time of tears. Where are the shapes of leaves, of veils, of huge butterflies that make the wind tremble? Where is the fire going? The fire that doesn't fear the wind. I think... Can we just end it there? Yeah, we can, <laughs> that was really good. No, it's a great poem. That's a great poem. But, but what, what I mean, I mean, I think the Surrealists in general, but Breton in particular, why do I say it's almost like anti-biographical, right? It's almost like... Because the Surrealists sort of understood... You can put anything there, and people will try to make it into a narrative. The the, the surrealists were absolutely well. The Dada's and the surrealists yeah. were absolutely, and the surrealists more so understood perceived value. Yeah. The idea that you know, the idea that you know, you can take a purse that's a Gucci knockoff, and it might be in a in a in a in a in a in a, uh, in a, in a, uh, a, a little like market. It might be twenty bucks, but then place the same thing in a different place. It's two hundred and fifty dollars. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. This idea of perceived value. So you could take 
they knew very well the game, the rules of the game. And but the like, rules of the but game, yeah, but like that the rules poem, of the game right? are that there are no rules of the game. But there, there are, but you don't need to give a lot of it, right? Like, in that poem, you have a speaker talking to someone. That's enough for the reader to fill in a relationship that's not in the poem at all, right? And the rest of it can just be imagery, any imagery you want. And yeah. people will fill that in with their brains. You don't need to create a whole story behind it, right? But I thought this book is a funny one to read because the whole premise of this little book is, and some of them she he directly ref, references her, is he had this this affair with this affair with this woman, um, Lee Meyer, who later became Lee Deharm. And the whole point of this book is how these are all poems he wrote through that time, so they must be written to her, right? Which is a little bit nonsense. Some of them really are, but it's like, then you throw other ones like that, where it's like, I don't know, is it? And even if they were, it's a persona. It's not real. It's not. It's a a persona. I don't know. I mean, I think it's cool. So, I mean, I think maybe listeners try to be aware of that, even when you're writing your own personal poems. But maybe it is a good idea to try to write something that's more directly purposely in the voice of someone else because I think that's how you find where your mask ends right yeah where does the mask end and where does the mask begin and I think that that's that's with the with intention you know that can really be played with and and used rather than rather than uh I don't know rather than doing it with less intention or without knowing it because then you can control it and shape it better and use it to make the work better? I don't know. Yeah. Or just something that you can that you can use. It's like a tool that you really, really can use if you really if you know how to wield it and see how others have done it in the past, you know? Absolutely. And realizing that that whole thing that I've done before where we talk about fiction in po we well, we talk about fiction. We talk about prose and prose writing and then nonfiction and fiction. And then we talk about poetry, but there's a lot of fiction and poetry too. Of course, and well, but people, well, it, it, there are differences, right? But poetry is still artificial, like anything else is, right? Yeah, and you need to be aware of that artificiality too. All right, do we have any good things up coming up? You need a plug. What do we have coming up that we need to plug? We have an early announcement. We have uh, we're going to give more and more details as it comes down the line. But we uh, we have a, a verbo voco visual. Vocal, yeah, verbal, that's a little ways away, but yeah. Ways away. We have a show coming up, Visual Poetry Show at Barristers in April. Uh, early announcement, um, along with Poetry Fest we have going on in April as well. Um, anything else that I can think of? I can't really think of anything else. Yeah, the only other thing, I have, we have another... Um, Lucky Bean? Lucky Bean coming up, not this coming Monday, but the Monday after that, uh, Monday the 18th. And we have... Two featured poets this time, uh, Tiana Nobile and Jerrica Marchin. And then, as always, it's uh, open mic after that, so come out, read some poems, uh, listen to some poems. And I think that's it. We'll see you all again next week. I think right, we, we, have, uh, we have... We have... Guest on? You have a guest um, on? We have Vincent. Salucci. Salucci, I think, is going to be our guest next week. Andy Young's coming up. 
and then uh, we'll see y'all again soon. And soon we'll we'll hopefully Scott next Jackson's week we can uh, tell you a little more about what we're doing for the hundredth episode. So we've got hundredth episode, and we've got four more episodes planned on the way. So we are cruising past hundred, folks. Thanks for tuning. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to us. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.